Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host and bestie. Well, hello there, Catherine. Hi, Trace. Uh, this is exciting because we've been working on this for hours now. I know. <laughs> Catherine is uh, over here at my house at the Pod Lab, and we've been working on this episode for, I don't know, what time did you get here today? It was a couple hours ago, maybe more. Yeah, like 1130, maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah. And it's like one o'clock now. Yeah, well, you know, it's I mean, we have like stuff a, to talk about a bird getting its wings. We got <laughs> to eat. We, we had to have some lasagna. Yeah. Then and we had then to make tea. We had to catch up about the holidays. We did. It takes a while. I know. And then we had to talk about what we're going to talk, talk about. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about it. Well, here we go. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's a long version of saying uh, this episode is episode number 105. Yeah. And today we're talking about favoritism. Because it's a thing. It is a thing. And it's been a thing. We don't like to admit that this happens or that maybe we're guilty of it. I'm not aware of it, but it is a thing. It's a human nature thing. Yeah. And it's definitely a family thing. And also in other um, little communities, like in workplace, in church, little cliques in school, mm-hmm. uh, teacher's pet. Oh, for sure. But we're going to just narrow it down to in the, the family. family. Yeah, because all, you know. It's all been around the, since biblical all, times. All the above. <laughs> yeah. And as we went over what we want to talk about, we came up with a couple takeaways. So we're going to I'm going to list these for you here. One is we're going to talk about what favoritism looks like. And Catherine found a good article online that sort of describes, like, this is what it looks like. And actually, as you were going over it earlier, I was thinking, oh, yeah, sometimes maybe, you know, I could be guilty of that or mm-hmm. I've seen that. And it's not intentional. No, of course not. But it usually isn't, actually. Yeah. And then I found an article about what favoritism does to a family. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And then we both want to talk about how to avoid it, mm-hmm. how to, you know, repent of it because it is a sin. It's a problem. What are the indications? Right. Mm-hmm. All right. And we have uh, sponsors today. Catherine, tell our listeners all about our sponsors. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, As me usual, too. we have Puffin, our husbands, Kenny right. and Ron. Right. And then we have Joan, Janine, Dar, and Courtney. <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> so, we have five. Yes. Uh, humor contributors. Yes, we do. And they are contributing $5 a month mm. through Patreon to support our podcast. And we just launched our Patreon, I don't know if you call it a service or platform or uh, profile, yeah. whatever you call it. We yeah. just launched it like mm-hmm. a month ago. And we're excited that these friends, they're friends and family, that they have uh, signed on yeah, to support us with $5 a month. So it's roughly $60 for the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, it helps. reasonable. Yeah. And $5 a month, that's like a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. Or a cup of oh, gas. Right. <laughs> Your glass of wine a day. I mean, or a day. Uh, not a day. <laughs> a month. Or maybe it is. I don't a month. Know. A month. $5 Doesn't a month. And that. what yeah. do we do with those funds, Catherine? Well, it helps us with um, marketing and with new equipment mm-hmm. and uh, all those things that um, we need to run the podcast. Yeah. And we do so. have fees that we have to pay all in order too, to yeah. even bring this podcast to you. Even though we make it available for free, we do pay to have it out there mm-hmm. on the interwebs. Yes. All right. <laughs> so we are going to post in the show notes 
how you can become involved and become a sponsor of the Life Happens Life Anyway podcast through becoming a humor contributor mm -hmm. at $5 a month. Down the road, we're going to add a few little fun um, premiums that are just for our humor contributors. Right. And we're actually, I'm forcing Catherine to create a video with me today. Well, you're you going to do right. it. Forcing. That's <laughs> such. Yes. Yes. We're going to record a video. It's going to be just us. So it's not going to be highly produced or anything. It's going to I think we should use your phone because yours is newer than mine mm. and you have a better camera. So we're just going to record a fun little video of, of, of her and I saying thank you to our humor contributors uh, from the bottom of our hearts and as well as asking them what would you like to hear as a topic for 2023 as we put together our editorial calendar. Yeah, that helps us help you. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got all that done. Let's dive right into what does favoritism look like? What did you find, Catherine? Well, some indicators that you might be doing this, and this carries on from when uh, the children are small to even adulthood. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this may sound like it's for, you know, uh, younger children, but it's really not. In fact, it it can become more problematic when the children are adults. But Well, they say little children, little problems, big children, big problems. And what's the source? Where did you find this? I found this on um, madammenor.com, okay. which I've not used before, but um, it sounded like, you know, good um, advice and information. Okay, so, what does she have to say? So signs of parental favoritism. Bear with me because as I scroll, all these pop-ups get in the way. Yeah. And it's so annoying. Okay. Well, first of all, one of the indicators is you don't enforce rules in a uniform way. So you're kind of harsher on one than the other. Mm -hmm. um, and so then, you know, anybody could pick up on that. If you're a little kid, you notice that right away. And consistency is difficult anyway in uh, discipline and parenting. And, mm -hmm. you know, my husband and I have five children. You and your husband have three children. And we know that it is difficult to treat them all the same because they're all different, unique individuals and they respond differently to different things. Absolutely. I mean, with discipline, especially, we had one of our boys, he would, you just look at him crossways and he would line up and fly right, you know? Yeah. And the other one, you could give him, you know, whatever punishment and he'd say, that didn't hurt. That <laughs> didn't bother me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every child is, is different from the other, tip, right. usually. And so you do need to treat them differently sometimes. But when it's really, really unbalanced, yeah. uh, then there's a problem. Yeah. Okay. The next one says you reward one child more. Yikes. Yeah. Not good. Have you ever done that? I'm sure that, I mean, like, as I'm just kind of my eyes are floating up kind of thinking, like I'm thinking, what? Okay. When have I done that? With, like I said, with five children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. It says right here, while it can be exhausting when you have multiple children, yeah. as a rule of thumb, you shouldn't do something for one child. I've done my best to to be fair all the way across the board, even to this day. So we're recording this on December, what's today, the 27th. 27th. So we just came off of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't, we don't give elaborate gifts for Christmas because we've had five children for how long? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of money. So we keep it small, mm -hmm. right? But even in that, I try to make everybody's gift 
similar. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of other parents do that too. Regardless of the amount that you spend, you try to keep it equal. Mm -hmm. And I keep a note in my phone of what I bought and how much I spent Mm -hmm. so that I'm aware of treating everybody the same. I try to do that. I know. It is it is quite the task. I mean, I do that too. And I have for years, you know, just try to keep... I mean, they don't have similar gifts, but the dollar amount is definitely pretty much the same. And even with the stockings, it's yeah. maddening, though, keeping track of it all. It is. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else you got there? Again, bear with me with these pop-ups. Okay. You frequently side with one child over the other. Yeah. I could see... F- I could see falling into that trap. I could see that too, especially if you have one child who is going through maybe a season of difficulty or challenge Mm or um, maybe they're just being obstinate for whatever reason. It could look like you're siding with the other one, but in reality, you've got some kind of a thing happening. I don't know. Yeah. I remember when the kids were younger, I used to joke around when they would say, you always pick her. You always do this. I used to, as a joke, to make them see how ridiculous that is, I used to say, well, that's because he's my favorite. She's my favorite, you know, whichever. And then they would kind of just slump their shoulders and be like, okay, that's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ron, people would say, who's your favorite? And he would always say, we don't have a favorite. We just have a least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that even mean? <laughs> just me- you know what it really meant, Catherine? It, it meant, meant that diversion. From- no, it you, okay, yeah, diversion, but it also meant we're numb. Okay, yeah. over here, we're just trying to survive. Yeah. And as long as we count them at the end of the day, and there are seven people in this house, we're locking the door and calling it a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's mm. funny. Um, over Christmas. Uh, one of my nieces had asked our Emily, does your parent have a favorite? This whole fun conversation ensued about this whole topic. Yeah. And it was it was entertaining. I think it was in light fun, you know, that all this was said. Which but. it can be light fun, but you can also, if you are observant, you can see in some families where there's an obvious favorite mm-hmm. and it does not go well. It does not go well. It also doesn't go well for the one that's favored. No. Nor for the, of course, for the one that's not or the ones that are not. Right. Yeah. It's just not a good situation. Right. And then if you see one who's kind of singled out, who is sort of the quote unquote scapegoat, Mm -hmm. like they're always getting the short end of the stick. They're always the one left out. They're always the one criticized or the one just ignored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you said that, it made me think immediately. So uh, out of our three children, I would say the one that was overlooked the most was the one that gave us the least amount of trouble. <laughs> so we would forget her. We forgot her at um, a football, football field once, which was <laughs> way across town. It actually wasn't even the same town we lived in <laughs> at night. Right. And um, I think we did that twice. Well, Kenny. Kenny did it. Yeah. Yeah. And and okay. And to his credit, he was a football coach or helper or something. Yeah. And he was with the boys on the boys side. And he had my son and your son. And, and they just got in the car and the cheerleaders were on a different section. And he just left. Yeah. But there was no one else left. <laughs> oh, I mean. Gosh. I mean, it's oh. his daughter. Yeah, he remembered your son. That's what's so funny. Right. <laughs> he gets home and drops off Adam. Like, Where's Emily? <laughs> Kenny goes, oh, no. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Emily. She's loved. She's loved. She's absolutely. She's absolutely loved. It's just, she just never really gave us any trouble. I mean, none of them really did. I'm not, I sound like I'm favoring her, but it's just that she was always, yes, okay. And then she'd go off and read a book. We didn't even know she was there. <laughs> Okay, um, maybe you're getting to this, so stop me if I'm jumping ahead. But you're talking about your middle child. Mm -hmm. And our middle child is Joel, our son who just uh, recently moved back to the area from out of state. And in this research that Catherine did, it found that um, most of the time when there's favoritism in the family, Mm -hmm. they either favor the oldest child or the youngest child, or let's say if it's the only girl out of a, a group, a sibling mm-hmm. group of a bunch of girls and a, or a bunch of boys and a girl or opposite. And that the middle child is usually not, you know, the favorite. Yeah. But, you know, in our case, and I think in your case too, I mean, I see Joel, our our middle Joel, mm-hmm. he's like a, a great middle child because mm-hmm. he brings such connection between his older siblings and his younger siblings. Yeah, he does. He gets along with mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. and he's funny and fun and um, and and never gave us any trouble either. Yeah. He didn't. You know, it's funny. I would say that about Emily too. Yeah. She definitely, um, she goes along with whatever her older brother says and she yeah. goes along with her she younger does. She's sister. She's flexible. Yeah. I think the middle They're... child should be the favorite. <laughs> they no, have funny. no drama. Remember we did that one episode on uh, birth, birth order, order. Mm-hmm. and the middle children were more even keeled. Well, yeah. they were in, in as adults, they were a little bit more even keeled because they didn't have all the drama. So the survey says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Move on. Okay. You are less patient with one of your children. Children, some of them have temperaments, and yeah. one will wear on your nerves yeah, I get more it. than others. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, because because what if one of them needs more, you know, correction? Yeah. Oh, by the way, another um, a lot of people who have special needs children, um, they tend to favor that child. I could understand that according to these studies, and it seems to be consistent in all the different sites that I went to. And a lot of this data was consistent. I could we'll see get that. To- if you have a child who has special needs, mm-hmm. they require more of everything. Well, and I, I would not equate when one needs more attention that that equates with favoritism. But they say that they're literally, not only do they need more attention, but they literally are favored. Um, well, maybe that is the core I, I think that it would be um, po- possibly an emotional attachment as well. Because yeah. you feel a sense of wanting Pity. to help. Yeah. Um, right? I don't know if I would describe it like that. No. But maybe just um, empathy and concern and yeah. care and wanting to communicate love. And, and a lot of um, children with special needs, especially... Um, down syndrome children Mm -hmm. they have a huge heart you know and so there's a lot and and the whole family i've seen it you know when we've worked with different people with special needs you and i have been a part of the ministry that works with that Mm -hmm. and i just witnessed so much love with all the family members yes 
So yeah. they they bring and and we saw that with our friends too who have a child uh, with special needs. They just bring like this sense of family and commitment and mm-hmm. togetherness. That's true. You know, so it's kind of neat. Yeah. Have you ever seen there? I I forget the name of the condition, but there is such a thing as um, children who are perpetually happy. No. Oh yeah. Huh. I forget what it's called though. I didn't know that existed. Yes, and they trust everyone. That might be a separate condition, but really, I, yes, there is um, this condition that's where they're just perpetually happy. Oh, the world could use more of that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, of course it has its downsides. Downside too, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. All right, what else? You're, har- you're a harsher disciplinarian depending on which child is in trouble. Yeah, especially if it's for the same offense, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like if one child forgets to take out the trash and you mm-hmm. come down on them really hard mm-hmm. and then the other one forgets it and you go, that's okay. <laughs> that's a problem. You have to really think. Like, I can recall when one child would be crying. Well, I, I would usually know who was the instigator, who caused that. Mm-hmm. And then it's your, your brain has to go to, which one am I going to discipline? Which one am I going to say, hey, <laughs> you either, you have to stop it or you have to stop it or you both do. I used to do a thing where I used to say, okay, you're going to sit there and you're going to hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And that usually either made them it. laugh yeah. or would stop it yeah. it's hard parenting is hard family life is hard mm-hmm. there's no question about it mm-hmm. and getting it right forget it you're yeah. not going to get it right you just got to try to not get it wrong most mm. of the time this is true mm-hmm. okay so on the sixth one here yes. again i'm scrolling through junk you're always looking for reasons to leave one child at home <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't believe that one <laughs> yeah uh, i guess i don't know it depends on where you're going you know okay let's talk about the royal family for a moment oh the okay so kate and what's the guy's name william william and they have three children Mm -hmm. and the youngest one is louis have mm-hmm. you seen him? I have. He's mm-hmm. little. He's mm-hmm. like three or four. Yeah. And he was making the faces yes. hilarious and smacking his mom in the head. Yeah. And, you know, these people are on camera 24-7. Yep. So th- there's no getting away from the paparazzi mm. and the cameras and all that. And here's Louie with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then I noticed that they left him home for, oh. for like the queen's uh, funeral. Yeah. They're yeah. like, I can't deal with Louie right. <laughs> at the funeral. <laughs> and I do, I do understand that, yeah. you know, and in our case, we talked about this uh, before we started recording, but our family of five, we had, we just couldn't take them all mm-hmm. with us on a trip mm-hmm. and we were going to Disney World <laughs> yes. and yeah. my in-laws live just an hour from Disney in the villages so we were combining it with a, a trip to grandma and grandpa as well as disney world but a we couldn't fit everybody in the car so that so we weren't going to drive down there with everybody mm-hmm. and i think that time we flew i believe that we flew and we couldn't afford for the all seven of us to fly yeah. mm-hmm. let alone all the food and stuff that we'd have to buy <laughs> so Catherine, they ag- have to be fed right you do have to feed them Catherine agreed we took our family in groups we took the older ones and then later we took the younger ones yeah but we didn't take them all at once well the time that we took the older ones the younger ones were left behind mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Catherine agreed to babysit 
<laughs> so I drop them off in their little footy pajamas or whatever. Yeah. How old were they? I feel like Caleb was maybe third grade. Okay. Okay, so third and fifth. Yeah, I think so. Oh, so well, they, they weren't wearing footy pajamas. So did pajamas. you take Joel with you? Or yeah, did we you? took Joel. We you took did? Joel, Nate, and Luke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, and it was um, the baby, the youngest, he was sick. He had a fever, but I'm like, he'll get over it. <laughs> and I get a phone. I'll call and check on him. Catherine's a mom. She knows what to do. Give him some Tylenol. And then the other one, it was his birthday. We were like, <laughs> we were leaving him on his birthday. And my daughter-in-law, Valerie, who just joined our family. Yeah. She she heard this story yesterday when we were all open, oh. or two days ago when we were all together opening our Christmas gifts. Yeah, she hadn't heard that before. She hadn't heard it before, and she's like, "No, <laughs> you went to Disney World and you left your children home on his birthday, and one was sick." I'm like, "Well, I didn't think it was that bad, <laughs> but they grew up and look at them. They're here, yeah. smiling." All together. So it wasn't an act of favoritism. It no. was more a financial decision. Yeah. And for my sanity. Yes. That is so. not one of those things where one child's better in public or anything like that. No, it's just uh, logistics. Yes. Yeah. Just like the queen, the future queen. Uh, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Another one is not all of your children are expected to do chores. Uh-oh. Yeah, that can mm. be a problem. Yeah. I okay confession Uh oh here I would tend to say or I I I tend to ask the one who I know will do it better Mm -hmm. I ask her more often to do the chores (laughs) Ellis yeah (laughs) I knew it (laughs) yeah well I will ask her and that is again it's just like a default of human nature you know you know she's gonna get it done Mm -hmm. and she's not gonna do it halfway yeah, I mean, and I'm talking about when Emily is home, or right. when they, or, or when she was home. Right, right, right. I would I ask Alice more. You know, in my home growing up, I'm one of three children. I'm the baby, and my oldest uh, sibling is my brother, mm-hmm. and then there's my sister in the middle, and then I'm obviously a sister. So two girls, one boy. Mm-hmm. And growing up, my brother didn't have to do housework <gasps> at he, all. No, not the garbage. Not that I can recall. I mean, he might differ with me, but I recall my sister and I doing the dishes and we even have my mother on cassette tape on Thanksgiving Day yelling at at, uh, my sister and I to get in the kitchen to do the dishes. Oh, really? And not saying my brother's name. Oh. And then my aunt was yelling for her three daughters to get in the kitchen and help us with the dishes. Mm. So it was a male female thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Kenny said in his household, Cindy, uh, so she's the only girl, and then there were the three boys. Yeah. I think she had to do the dishes, but the boys had to do things like take the garbage out, maybe mow the lawn. I don't know, but. Yeah. yeah. So I do think that there are differences in that regard mm-hmm. that are just sort of like, well, that's something the girls would mm. do. That's something the boys would do. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how people do that now. I don't know. No idea. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's go scrolling. You frequently complain about one child to the other. Uh-oh, oh, that's gosh. horrible. Don't Cause ever do about, that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Talk about division. Yeah, that's not good. But, you know, I think, I think it happens even when we're not really intending for it to right. be. Like I said before, human nature just sort of defaults <sighs> to 
these you, things yeah it's not good and even even when and especially when they're all grown and they're adults you, we mothers mm-hmm. we need to be mindful of the fact that this these children are still a sibling group mm-hmm. and they still may see the world from that perspective in terms of these are my brothers these are my sisters and they don't want to be singled out and they don't want to be hearing about whatever the problem is. Yeah. Okay. Number nine out of the 10, you compare your kids to one another. Oh, comparisons. That is really bad. Yeah. Sorry if that's what <laughs> listeners are doing. But well, nothing good comes out of that. No, and we do it too. You know, just like I just said that my mother asked my sister and I to do you know, mm-hmm. stuff, and not my brother. Mm-hmm. So there's a comparison. Well, he's a boy. You're a girls. You know, and you just said with your two girls, you would ask the one who did a better job. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I didn't flat out and say, why can't you be more like her? Or why can't you be more like, I, you know. True. It, I'm not saying yeah. things like that. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's more what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, you spend more time with one child. Mm. But let's face it, sometimes it's easier when you have a child that's a little bit more like you or a little bit more cooperative. Or if you have shared interests. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, as adults, my my dad got really heavily into politics. Mm -hmm. You know, he's passed away, as Mm -hmm. you know, but for our listeners, my father now is gone. Mm -hmm. But from from his age, like around 40... Mm -hmm. Till he died when he was 77, he was heavily involved in politics. Yeah. Well, when my sister became an adult and she got a union job and she, my dad was a union guy and she mm-hmm. was a union woman and she started getting very involved in politics. So the two of them shared that passion together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and my brother and I didn't have that same passion yeah. that they had. Right. So they had this like little thing. That they could they could talk politics, they could go to events mm-hmm. that were like they went to rallies and they went to parades and mm-hmm. different speeches and fundraisers and stuff like that. Yeah, so I don't think when you share an interest that that's necessarily favoritism. It's I don't really, think so either. I don't think so either. Like Kenny, for example, he spends a lot of time with Patrick. Well, Patrick's our only boy, and he works out. At with the Kenny gym. at the right. gym. So there's a passion, a shared interest. Right. Now, but he does try to, like with the girls, he'll take them to the movies and if Emily's in town and he tries to do things like that. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that it's important for us to communicate. You know, like, I mean, I'm, ex- I'm expressing this political example just because um, I, my brother and I never felt, I, I, I I you get, didn't feel anything. Not at of, all. Right. No. Uh, yeah. I don't believe. Because my dad was, if nothing else, he was absolutely fair and square between the three kids. Yeah. I mean, our mother passed away when we were in our 20s and my dad found like 85 cents in a pocket of her pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and he split this. it three ways yeah. and sent it in an envelope to the three of us because he didn't want, you know, to mm-hmm. be unfair. It was something that like ridiculous, you yeah. know? Yeah. But when he, but but I would have no fun at a political anything. Right. Nothing. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't go. I, I don't want to be there. Yeah. And yeah. my sister likes that. 
and enjoys that. And so, the, so it's kind of nice to see that celebrated. But then I think that as parents, we need to look at our kids and go, well, what are they into? And how can I step into that world? How can I relate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how can we build on that? Yeah. Yeah. I think when they put on here that you spend more time with one child, I, I, I think that means in um, like an extreme case. where it's really unbalanced and it's not because it's something that you both have an interest in or that the two, the one that's supposedly favored. Yeah. And I guess if, if that's happening where the parent and the child have a shared passion, if that's happening and the other children in the family feel left out, Mm -hmm. then you got to address it. Even if the shared passion is nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. that the other person is interested in, Mm -hmm. you still... It's all communication, you know, letting people know. Everything is always about balance. I know. I know. uh, Our whole lives, you know. Yeah. It's food. (laughs) It's everything. I know. (laughs) Balance. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what favoritism looks like, friends. So if you saw yourself in any of that, here's the effect that extreme favoritism can have on families and it's not pretty and the article that i found comes from heart no healthline.com and the name of the article is what happens to kids when parents play favorites and the expert who is interviewed here she starts out with a quote and she says it can be very common for a parent to like or vibe better with one sibling over another. Mm. So they just gel. They just, they can communicate. They like the same things, you know. Yeah, that's what, yeah, the new lingo, vibe together. Vibe, yeah. yes, we vibe. And and so that's uh, natural and it's common and mm-hmm. it's normal and there's nothing wrong with that. But where it can take the turn is when it affects the self-esteem of the other children yeah. in the family. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the big thing that she talks about here is the, um, the self-esteem. So let me get to that. Mm. Uh, let's see. She says it's very common that they can vibe together the negative effects. The problem is that a perception of being the least favored child can take a definite hit on a kid's self-esteem. Yeah. Even if it's not intended mm-hmm. and even if it's not true. Mm-hmm. the perception of it being intended and the perception of it being true is enough to take a hit on the kid's self-esteem. It is. Perception is... Uh, it's everything. It's everything. It's reality. Yeah. Well, to them it is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it, so we have to remember that. Mm-hmm. I, I used to work with someone who hated that. She she hated. we We used to say in uh in the office you know that perception is reality you know because it's how and and it was all about communication like Mm. with within the company and within the organization Mm -hmm. perception is reality and she hated that because it wasn't really reality right but it is reality perceived as but it's that person's reality yeah and so it's Mm -hmm. our job to make sure that we communicate in a way that communicates enough to change perception Mm -hmm. so that it lines up with reality. Sure. Rather than just getting frustrated with the fact that communication is hard, which is true. Which is true. (laughs) If you are a person who is vertical on this planet, you know that communication is hard. Yeah. Okay. um, And then she goes on to say, it can certainly impact their self-esteem and how they feel within their family, especially at family events and holidays. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know, how would you like to have your perception of your worth in the family is lower than the other kids in the family? Yeah. And now you're no. at the holidays and the events. And so you're ultra sensitive to this. And now you hear a comment, an well, off the cuff comment. At that point, you're looking for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she explained that everyone is different in how they might handle the perception of being the least favorite. Mm. And she pointed out that it carries into adulthood unless they're acknowledged and really talked about. So those feelings of yeah. perception can, can stay with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't have the self-esteem, you don't have the maturity to understand that, oh, it's just dad and, and Kelly shared a political connection. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You could really get upset about it. Yeah. Well, and you hit the nail on the head when you said if you don't have the maturity to, to recognize that, hey, this is just a common denominator that they have. And who has that maturity at a young age? And in some people, even when they're older. Well, yeah, because and, and she claimed this expert who uh, was saying this, she said, if you don't deal with it when you're younger, you do take that baggage with you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, perhaps you meet other adults in the workplace or in an organization who have a low self-esteem and they're always looking for how come so-and-so doesn't acknowledge me? How come this yeah. doesn't happen? You know, and then you've got a victim situation. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm exhausted. (laughs) It's exhausting. Okay, here's another little section of this article. She goes into the damage of the family unit. And she talks about the relationship between siblings Siblings is is damaged. Yeah. And, you know, in this earth, the sibling relationship is the only one that really takes us, for the most part, from cradle to grave. Yeah. Because our parents are with us for a period of time, but Mm -hmm. if things go the natural way, you know, they go before we do, Mm -hmm. and they're gone. And our husbands or wives or whatever, they come in when we're adults, so Mm -hmm. they're not with us through childhood. Yeah. It's our siblings who go cradle to grave. And what a shame Mm. if because of favoritism, there's resentment and bitterness in the family. Yeah. It does happen all the time. It sure does. So the the child who was favored can experience feelings of guilt, she says, mm-hmm. which is horrible. Right. And then the child who was not favored feels resentment. So there's guilt and resentment. Yeah. I would imagine, too, that for the one that is favored, they're, it's unfair to them in a way because they they did not take part in this they are a victim as well you know the parent favored them but not because of anything right. that they've done to the siblings right yeah it's it's an well, unhealthy it's, not... it's an unhealthy way to roll as a family mm-hmm. and we do have to acknowledge it and look for and we're going to get to that so stay tuned if you're hanging in there with us don't click off now mm-hmm. stay with us because we're going to mm-hmm. get to that of things you can do to avoid Uh, expressing favoritism. Mm -hmm. Here's another quote from this expert. She says, we live in a society where everyone lives all over the country and you can create a new family if you had a less than desirable experience in the family you were born into. Mm -hmm. When I first read that, I went, well, that's dumb. (laughs) Yeah, you did. You're not going to create a new family. But then I thought about it a little bit and I thought she's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Like, because I guess I said that's dumb because I did not experience favoritism like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't carry the the baggage that it, you know, creates. Mm -hmm. Had I been, you know, I would have probably been the favorite child. (laughs) 
not the least favorite. <laughs> I would have been the funny one, the fun one. Uh, no, but I wasn't. Uh, we were all e- seen equally. But had I had the experience of either being the favorite child or the least favorite child, then I might, there, there'd be fractures in the family and you need community. Mm. And you can create community. We were talking about our church mm-hmm. that we both go to, and it's a small church, and we love it. It's yeah. like an extension and of our family. family. And the we call family. it our family. Yeah. Yeah, so we have church family, and we have our, we're, we're neighbors. We were strangers until we moved in next yeah. to each other. We didn't know each other. Right. But we're like family. We're, we're spiritual sisters. Yeah. So. And we've moved three or four times now to remain yeah, neighbors. No. <laughs> so, so there's that. <laughs> just follow each other around oh where are you moving to okay what street is that is there any houses available (laughs) somebody just died have that one okay (laughs) anyway uh so that's it for that article or oh wait there's there's one more little section here that i just did i ran out of room on my notes to, Mm -hmm. to write it down so i'll just read from it they give some examples of what you can do Uh, She says, the most important thing that a parent can do if a child says they believe another is the favorite is to acknowledge their feelings. Mm. Even if it's not intended, even if you weren't aware. Yeah. Just acknowledge their feelings. That's always good in any circumstance when you're with somebody who's hurting in one way or another. Right. Because that's really all they want. Right. And they might be hypersensitive to it, Mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. she says, don't just say, I don't have a favorite. You know, yeah. don't just, don't just poo Yeah, because that it. doesn't help. It sure right. doesn't. And don't ignore it. If that's what they're feeling, it's coming from somewhere and it's their perspective. Yes. So it's important not to dismiss it, mm-hmm. she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she goes on just, you know, about validating their feelings and talking about it, maybe even, even going to therapy about it asking so if it's bad enough yeah or maybe even if it's not it's always good to have therapy well i guess i think so Mm -hmm. but i mean i guess you could take it too far but and then she says specifically asking the child what they need ask them you know Mm. what what would you like for us to do to make you feel more connected okay so basically it comes down to communication yeah that's really it yeah and acknowledging not just communicating and acknowledging but mm-hmm. being willing to listen mm. that's always the case listen to what the other person says yeah. and allow them to feel what they feel yeah and don't poo poo it do not no don't do that okay now Catherine, you said that you have an article there that we're gonna talk about um i forgot what the name three of the reasons is. god condemns favoritism oh, let's hear it uh, it's coming from, mostly from James. I think this is part of a Bible study, and it's from Explore the Bible. Uh, it says, first of all, favoritism is inconsistent with God's character. So mm. who God is, it's it's inconsistent. He doesn't show favoritism. He does not no. show favoritism. Right. Impartiality is an attribute of God. He is absolutely and totally impartial in dealing with people. And some scripture to back that up. There's a lot, but we'll just have a couple here from one from Deuteronomy 10:17. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God, showing no partiality and taking no bribe. Mm. 
um, Romans 2.11 says, For there is no favoritism with God. And Ephesians 6.9, there is no favoritism with him. It's saying it again. And finally, Acts 10.34, Now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism. Mm. And second, favoritism is contrary to God's values. So in a way, it's kind of repeating what, it's backing up what the first bullet point was. It's not who he is. It's not what he does. It's not how he rolls. Right. And he has made us in his image. He calls us to be like him, to be Mm -hmm. like Jesus. So uh, therefore we know that's a big no-no. And... uh, Sorry. Sorry, I was my that was my stomach. She's growling. I don't. I hope they didn't hear that, but we it's laughed okay. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then we had to tell them why. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. And uh, lastly, favoritism is sin, and we're gonna read the scripture again at the mm-hmm. at, at the end of this. But in James two nine, it tells us that it's a sin. So there you go. Yeah. That's the. That's a perfect segue into our inspirational close, which we close every podcast with some kind of a, a point to the Lord, a point to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it is from James chapter two, which is a whole chapter on favoritism yeah. and how it's forbidden. So a good call to action would be go back to James chapter two and read this mm-hmm. so that you can see for yourself what God's word says about it. Um, there's also a quote from Charles Stanley that Catherine pointed out, and I wanted to share it with you. And it is this. Uh, Charles Stanley, by the way, is a pastor or preacher. He's fantastic. If you haven't uh, heard of him, you can Google him. You can look at YouTube videos of him preaching. He's a solid biblical preacher. You could download his app, um, In Touch. Yeah, yeah. And here's the quote. It says, Obey God and leave the consequences to him. So if God says, do not show favoritism, obey that. Mm -hmm. And then everything else from there is going to be okay, Mm. regardless of what you think. You know, just treat everybody equal and you're going to be much better off. Yeah. Much better off. Yeah. Okay. So the the verse from James that we thought we would share at this point is just James uh, chapter two, verse one. It says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Mm-hmm. There you go, plain must and simple. Not is it's not you should not. Mm-hmm. It's you must, must not. not. And then further down, when uh, Catherine you mentioned earlier, two nine, uh, yeah, verse nine, it says, "But if you show favoritism, you sin, and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers." Mm-hmm. And there's a lot in between there. Yeah. So go back and read James chapter two as a. As a good follow-up to this podcast. And I was thinking about this too. If you feel as though you've been a victim of favoritism, go to the Lord with that mm-hmm. and ask the Lord to take that away from you mm-hmm. and forgive whomever it was. It could have been a grandparent. Yeah. It could have been a parent. It could have been a teacher at school. It, you know, yeah. give forgiveness. And then give it to the Lord and leave it at his feet. And if you're on the giving end of favoritism, if you've listened to us and you thought, oh my gosh, I probably have shown favoritism to this child or that child, mm-hmm. just ask the Lord to forgive you and then ask them to forgive you. Yeah. Very, and go forward with right. a reset. Also, I would say go into Genesis and, and look at the story of Joseph. Yeah. 
and his father Jacob, who um, favored Joseph out of all the brothers. And look at the consequences there, yeah. and the lessons that are um, that God obviously wanted us to know about. So look at that too. Yeah, that's an. I remember when I first heard that story, I was like, "Wow, talk mm-hmm. about brotherly love." Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and read that. All right. Anything else that you wanted to share? No, that's it. Well, this was exciting and a fun episode. Sure was. Uh, If you would like to give us any suggestions for 2023 of topics. We'd love that. We're putting together our editorial calendar right now. So feel free to shout out to us. And uh, you can email. You could email me if you'd like at Tracy at TracyDegraff.com. And if you're not receiving our emails that I send out, uh, you can sign up for those at my website, which is also at tracydegraff.com. And uh, you just give us your info and you'll get our weekly email. Has a fun little meme. I've added that. Yeah. This is a new thing. I've added memes (laughs) to every topic. So I'm gonna have to come up with a favoritism meme to to send out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you haven't been opening my emails, start opening them, (laughs) friends, because there's funny in there. (laughs) And and it, it needs to be short. So that so the email starts with a little meme, like a little quick little blurb uh, picture, and then it has the show notes for the podcast, and then down below it has the player button where you can click on the podcast. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. See you Do next we time. Do we want to say what our next... We, we don't uh, really I, know. I would love would... to say, but there's nothing on there. <laughs> Procrastination. <laughs> That's what it is. Up next week, procrastination. (laughs) See you then. Bye-bye.